Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. We're looking back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Beans film pick of the week from 2022, Day Shift, directed by J.J. Perry. But wait a second, he's not even here. Why are we doing this? We don't know. We're here. So you can just deal with us talking about the Dean's pick while he takes a night off, and hopefully we'll see him back here next week. But anyway, we are joined by the bold and beautiful <laughs> Google Keith. It's Obondance, Daniel son, not hula hula. <laughs> no, too sexy, too sexy. Oh, not too sexy. No, too sexy, Daniel son. <laughs> Welcome everybody. <laughs> See, it all could have been answered with a dance off. That's what they needed to have at the end of the movie. Not a fight to the death, but a dance off. Just to show how sexy the moves are. Chosen versus Daniel son. It's not tournament. If your dance skills are bad, you die. Oh, shit, oh, Mr. Miyagi. Oh, you fuck, Daniel. Oh, you can't dance like shit. I mean, I, uh, I just ate a lot of mac, mac and cheese, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I just don't feel like I'm in dancing shape right now, sir. Yeah, yeah doing your fucking mac and cheese shuffle over there. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's like, Bleh! starts throwing up mac and cheese everywhere. Oh, Daniel son. No respect for the dance off. Sorry, Chosen. I'm just really sick right now, man. I just ate a whole bowl of mac and cheese. That's okay. We got to the death. Oh, man, I'm sick. Just got mac and cheese all over his shirt, sweating, <laughs> trying to dance. Just Chosen to go back with me. You know, he's dancing around there. And he was like, Bleh! oh, God. Miyagi's like, okay, I'm out of here. First slide out. Miyagi's like, not my kid. (laughs) I don't know him. I am not. Miyagi! Miyagi, you bring bring puking boy to Obondad! (laughs) No, I don't know. We're not cool. (laughs) Oh, you dishonor Okinawa! And that's just how fucking Sato talks. Like, I would imagine men holding, like, where is my dinner? You've great, great dishonor. I'm sorry, Sato. I'm sorry, Sato. That's better. Like, do you talk at a low register at all? I don't know how. Karate accident many years ago. Now I can't only talk like this. I great told day. you I was in California roll. <laughs> And you bring me silly roll? <laughs> I cuss it out. I cuss it. Oh, Sato, calm down. It's fine. We'll get you another roll. No, it's the point. It's the principle. I need to go poopo. I go chop wood. I'm so disgusted. Disgusted. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, as you can tell, we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon, the Prince of Morris Bay. Yes, get fucking with it, monkey. Hiya! <laughs> Welcome! With the Kung Fu group. It's time. It's right. <laughs> it's time for your favorite podcast in all of the land. Talking down, baby. Your go to podcast for horror news, nerdgasms, and movie reviews. With the we, your Blue News crew, coming your ears live every Wednesday from 9 to 11 p.m. But you can also catch any of our hundreds, yes, no fucking shit, hundreds of episodes down on the Talking Terror Vault. Now available on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes, baby. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Talking to her on both Facebook and Instagram. What's up, my fried family? Fuck it, we've already done it. We're into Karate Kid shit already. Konnichiwa, <laughs> monkey. That's a... The funny thing konnichiwa, is... King. Oh, konnichiwa. You say konnichiwa like a Japanese would say konnichiwa. Konnichiwa? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I guess mm-hmm. at some point or another, I had posted like an old commercial from from like these Karate Kid figurines. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, in, like, with, the, the, with the action, the, the, with the exactly the whole thing, the action kick and all this and that. But like, what really, really struck me, like, and, and, and as you've heard tonight, you know, we're obviously just just butchering, you know. The culture, just like the movies, kind of did with their actors. And <laughs> yep. But like this television commercial, it was hysterical watching what looked like like I don't know little white nine year olds doing like the chosen voice and the Miyagi. <laughs> okay, oh. it fucking killed me. This little kid is like, oh Daniel son, now now you must fight for real. Except, like, you know, this is like a prepubescent kid. So he's doing, like, the Miyagi voice, but, like, in a, on a higher register that I'm even capable of, like, generating at the moment. It fucking had me in tears. I couldn't. Terrible. He had these big fucking googly goggle glasses on, too. <laughs> no, nobody was watching us back then. Nobody really cared what we were doing. So if we were doing really bad Japanese impressions, they're like, whatever. <laughs> we have to go outside and smoke and drink beers. Yeah, but yeah, but 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 like in our defense, it's like that. You know, when we go around and butcher it up, you know, on the flip side, so did Pat Morita. You know, he didn't fucking sound like that. No, no, you watch, you know, you know, it's like when you watch like that TV show that came. Yeah, where he was trying to do a bad. Well, yeah, but then there was that other TV show that came out like in the '80s, shortly after Karate Kid and in between Karate Kid Two, where like. He was like a detective or something like that, and he used his actual voice, and it wasn't fucking Mr. Miyagi, and everyone was so fucking thrown off. He's like, yeah, because that's not his real accent, guys. Because I'm actually from California, everybody. Hi, how are you today? <laughs> like, hello, I'm Pat Morita. How are you? Great to be a part of the show, you guys. Holy shit, is he Japanese? Because I just saw the crowd of kids. He doesn't sound like that. Well, it's called Wait, acting, are you guys. white? That's what we do. Are you a white dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah, hi. My actual real name is Ralph Anderson. Pat Morita is my acting name. So everybody thinks I'm Japanese, but ha, ha, ha. Fool's on them. Wow, you're doing a really good job. Steve. I know. Frank Fisher Steve. Yeah, and the freaking short circuit movie. <laughs> oh, the short circuit, too. Very good, very good. But, uh, 
But same thing with Chosen, you know, where he c- comes back and Silver Kai, you know, he's kicking ass all over the fucking place. He's got that fucking thick accent. But then I saw him in a, uh, you know, a qu- quick uh, Twitter video, you know, just thanking everyone for, for, you know, the fans, for their love of the show and all that kind of stuff. And he's, like, sounding the whitest fucking white he can sound, you know, like, sounding like total fucking valley. And then, and then he goes, yells, mahalo. It's like, but like white but like white boy mahalo just like oh fuck if that motherfucker can can act (laughs) surfs up everybody I play Chosen and a little thing called Cobra Kai may have heard of it I was also in Karate Kid Part 2 pretty amazing stuff mahalo boys who the fuck was that I thought that was Chosen. <laughs> what happened to his voice? Uh, <laughs> he turned it on the motherfucking switch. What an incredible actor. We are not paying him enough. Clearly, he deserves a bigger paycheck. Oh, thank you, guys. That, that's really it. wonderful. And he can actually do martial arts, unlike Ralph Macchio. <laughs> I don't think we ever were about? convinced that he could do karate. <laughs> like any of us were ever convinced that he was actually good. That's <laughs> the martial arts. I never watched any of those movies like, wow, he fucking learned. Fucking Johnny fucking <laughs> was trained for years in fucking karate. He got beat up by a kid who learned in a fucking week. Impossible. Oh, that's, <laughs> uh, that's because it came down to the teacher. Okay? Daniel learned mm. through heart, patience, and love. And Johnny was taught the way of the fist. <laughs> Which means that he'll kick his ass. But also it helps that Mr. Miyagi is a magic man who can cure fucking legs just by rubbing his hands up on him. So all the time mm. you go from a broken leg to I'm completely healed. <laughs> wow, are you magic, Mr. Miyagi? I'll never tell. No. Wink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, in the back of the Miyagi van. <laughs> Why is that band shaking so hard? Why do I hear a kid like, I just want a mac and cheese. I just want a mac and cheese. I don't know. It's weird. That's the Miyagi fucking man. Oh, Daniel, you're going to be cured in no time. Oh, I'm going to cure you. Why are you taking off my pants? I need your legs to breathe, Daniel. He's got bonsai trees in the windows that are just shaking. <laughs> Some of them are crying for some reason. <laughs> the, the, the window of the bonsai shop is all fogged up, like in the fucking car in Titanic. You just see one handprint sliding down the fucking window. <laughs> Daniel's like, you know, Italian American, like bronze hand, like it's the window. <laughs> then later, you just see him in the kitchen by himself with one light on, just eating mac and cheese. Just staring straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miyagi just comes down to Roby and is like, ah, oh, training is complete. That was training? <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think I want to be friends with you anymore. But I just gave you a call for your silence. No, that's right, you did. All right. That's why you gave me the car. <laughs> that was silence money. <laughs> that wasn't just out of the goodness of his heart. That was hush your fucking mouth and don't say a fucking word about what we do during training. That's why he was so fucking excited to get in that car and drive away. I gotta go home. I gotta get some pussy. <laughs> I, I gotta look at boobs. 
Show somebody some of your boobs, please. I just saw so much fucking ass, and it wasn't—it was bad ass. It wasn't even good ass. And poor Daniel, there's so much trauma. That's what we missed in between those movies. Him coming to terms with his trauma. Big great karate kid five. Daniel goes to therapy. I mean, all I'm saying is that I mean, I'm a I'm a karate champ and I like macaroni and cheese, but there's a period of time I blocked out of my memory. I got a car. <laughs> that was great. I mean, I, 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 I tried to him in the face. He broke her radio. I tried to steal a girl. You know, like I just I I, I I couldn't wrap my head around the whole thing. I mean, I found myself oddly attracted to Johnny, but also to to her. So. I was kind of conflicted. I was like, do I go with the girl or do I go with the guy? I mean, he had really great hair. I and mean, he seemed to have it together, you know? He seemed like he could provide. I don't know. But, I mean, I went the way and, I did. And, and he really knew how to rock a headband. <laughs> and he knew how to wear a blazer with a tie. I mean, it was a tie, you know? And, and it was just great. And I think when we fought, we were fighting our feelings. We weren't fighting to win trophies. We were fighting our feelings because inside we knew that we belonged together. Because we're both the best around. <laughs> Thank you, the Peterson Terror music. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Johnny just comes into the room. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Johnny comes into the room and he just starts slowly nodding, just wiping a tear away from his eyes like you were right the entire time, Daniel. I was fighting my feelings. <laughs> Let's go get some sushi. Oh, Johnny. And his fucking hug. That's the end of Cobra Kai season five. <laughs> season six, rather, is coming out. When they go walking hand in hand down the beach. The true story of love. <laughs> um, anyway. So, anyway, yeah, moving on from our uh, Cobra Kai uh, fanfic. <laughs> Which is totally fucking badass. Um, On tonight's episode uh, of Karate Kid. <laughs> Johnny and Daniel get a condo together. Oh, man, this is perfect. We could have dojo in the corner, and we could just do whatever we want. Like, oh, we should have done this years ago, Johnny. Any fucking men. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I did go see Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool over the weekend. I saw it on Sunday. Um, like I said last week, I was going to talk a little bit about it. Um, this is a movie that I went into not seeing a single trailer. I tried to avoid fucking everything about this fucking movie because I wanted to go in completely blind because I did love Possessor. Um, so I went into the movie, like I said, completely blind. All I knew was that Mia Goth was in it and Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, it didn't fucking disappoint. I mean, this is a rated R version. Supposedly there's an NC-17 version out there. There is a lot of blood, a lot of cum, a lot of piss, a lot of fucking titty-sucking. Uh, and, like, the story, oh, like, t- right now, I still don't even know what the fuck I watched, and that's why I loved it so much. Because it was such a fucking confusing movie where I'm like, okay, I kind of got where we're going. Um, it's like if I had to describe it, I would say it's like going to a resort, and then all of a sudden, multiplicity happens. That Michael Keaton movie. But it's like fucking yeah. dirty multiplicity. So just think about <laughs> a lot of copies and a lot of sex and a lot of orgies and a lot of just fucking cum and pity sucks. Um, and that's she touched my cool. like, it's, a, it's a wild fucking concept. Um, and there was at one point, there was a titty sucking scene, and there was an old couple sitting a couple seats down. The man straight up just said, I'm going to the bathroom, and fucking walked out. And I didn't see him again until I passed it to the movie. 
Flashing, and then all of a sudden you see some titties getting sucked, and he immediately shut up and goes, "I'm going to the bathroom," and then he fucking left for like 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he just got rub one out. In the fucking lobby. I was gonna say, <laughs> he was either disgusted or he had to rub one out, or actually maybe a combination of both. I think it was both. <laughs> I think he probably jerked one out real quick, then all of a sudden he was disappointed with himself, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go pace the lobby for a little while, then casually go back." And if my wife asks where I went, I'll just say I dropped the deuce. And that's where I was the entire time. Because <laughs> when he came back, I'm like, the movie's almost over. Where the fuck was he? And I was like, that titty scene was like 25 minutes ago. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was just, it, it's such a, a weird, fun ride. I know that Cronenberg said that he wants to release the NC-17 set at some point, probably on physical, probably on digital. But, again, it's one of those movies that I can guarantee you that not a lot of people are going to like just because it's so fucking weird. But, it's a Cronenberg movie. Just like his dad. You've got to go into it expecting it's going to be fucking weird and sexual and just, you know, disturbing at some point. I mean, if you I don't mean, understand I, that, why are you in the movie? I, I, have, I have interest in seeing it. Um, I didn't get to, to go this weekend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my, my full expectation without, again, not, I didn't watch a trailer. I know nothing about the, the plot nope. of the film or, or anything. But, you know, it's, like you said, it's a Cronenberg movie. So I'm basically expecting fucking body horror. I'm expecting, like, weird, twisted fucking shit that's going to probably make me feel a little bit squeamish. Maybe. You never know. Um, you know, maybe it'll, it'll turn me on a little bit. Maybe it won't. Yeah, again, you never know. Oh, yeah, no, I, I know I definitely did for me a goth a couple times where I'm like, I might have to excuse myself and go to the bathroom, but yeah. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> she doesn't do it for me. I, uh, the, the whole fact that she doesn't have eyebrows kind of weirds me out a little bit. It's weird. Bit. It's definitely weird, yeah. But she has one hell of a so body cold. on her. I was like, if you could ignore the face, you're pretty much good. But she actually uses her real accent in the movie, which is fucking weird, because after you see Pearl and fucking X, you're so used to hearing the fucking southern accent, but she's using her real fucking British accent. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like the most annoying fucking voice in the entire world. I'm like, go back to the American one. Just go back to the American one. <laughs> 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 so we, we, we just years. started the, uh, the new season of the UK Love Island. So, so, so we're getting right, oh. right back used to, to our British accents all over again. <laughs> oh, man. Right, right. Yeah. right, right. It's good. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to start any bubbles. Literally. <laughs> Literally. In it? It's probably right good, isn't it? In it. In it. Got it, in it. Yeah, you good? You good, eh? You good? What's, what's all right, you good? All right. It's a good right bloke right there. <laughs> Literally just finished blowing that cock, and then I immediately had went into another <laughs> cheeky chap he is. <laughs> Show me your bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, in, in England news, uh, congratulations to Man United, who defeated Nottingham Forest today, because they are going on to Wembley for the first time in 24 years. So they oh, are shit. keeping their eyes on a cup. So the carry-out cup is in sight for, for Man United. So congratulations to the boys in red who are marching on to that. So that will take place on February 26th. I can't wait for it. Excited. Um, that's just a little bit of my football news, because I'm a huge fan of Man United, as the monkey knows. I've been following it for a while now, so excited for that. But, boys, uh, we did have a premiere pay-per-view uh, this past Sunday, the Royal fucking Rumble. Monkey, this is your favorite yeah! fucking event. So what did you think <laughs> overall about the presentation? 
you did miss the ending, um, but we could talk about that. But overall, what did you think? Um, yeah. Um, one was fucking awesome. <laughs> like I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it, and the women's one was good. I enjoyed them both, but the only problem was they kept talking about records and time sets, you know, for this and that, you know, about you know how long people have lasted <clears throat> in the rumbles, and then. I thought it was really sloppy storytelling that we have, you know, both the men's and the women's with the number one, the the people that came in number one lasting the entire way through both of them. Yeah. I, thought, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, seriously? It's lazy. It's lazy storytelling. Yeah. I mean, and in both yeah. cases, yeah. the people, the people fucking lasting the longest ever in a rumble. You know what I mean? Like, these are things that you do exactly. want to split up. These are things that need to, like, and I didn't even watch it. You know, like, all, all of this is stuff that I, I learned through, like, reading up on the event, unfortunately. Uh, we were we were out having a bit of a date night that night, so I did not get nice. back in time to, to watch the Rumble. Uh, you know, we got home, and it was like, hey, we could either have, you know, the kind of sex that, that most people would look at like a sexual assault, or uh, or watch the Royal Rumble and then and, and chat with you guys and I uh, I chose. Gee, that. why did you why did no. you choose the is that one then? I don't know. I know it's totally not something I would normally do. Normally, you know, I, I would pick you blokes, but uh, but I don't know. I guess I guess I just wasn't wasn't feeling it. Um, but yeah, I just I thought it was reading up on for gals, man. Yeah, you know, for hoes and all that shit too. But no, I no, I know, no, man. I wasn't gonna call your wife a hoe. That's why. I was like, you know, oh, nope. Cows uh, <laughs> before cows. It's all, it's all it's good fun. I, I call her that plenty, you know. Um, yeah, that's you. That, that's that's you. But but at the same time, though, like moment of the night again. You know, got gotta go with Paul yeah. and Ricochet. During, during the men's rumble, oh, yeah. man, cool. Did you at least get to see the replay of that shot? No, no, I did not. So, so now. Oh, I'm you got to check that out. Is it, yeah, yeah, dude, because it was like literally ricochet getting set up on one one rope with top rope on one side of the ring. Paul Logan getting set up on the other top rope of the other side of the ring, and they literally like shoot off the rope up into the air. Like, you know, fucking like 10 feet up in the air, meet halfway in the middle to cheat each other out in midair, and then slam down to the ground. It was so fucking cool. I was like, oh, it, it was told that perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Uh, um, yeah, but they had the, uh, the Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight, uh, the Mountain Dew pitch black match, um, which was entertaining <laughs> from an entertaining light. standpoint. It was- showing up, you know, the one of the members of the wide six, and he does a high dive onto L.A. Knight, and it's a botch, obviously, but from that height, if he had hit it, fucking L.A. Knight would have been fucking out. Like, he would have been injured, he would have been out, because from that height, like, it's dangerous. So I understood why they kind of had to do it that way, but 
fans are like, oh, wow, you couldn't fucking do it that way. Yeah, it, he was high up. I mean, that, that would have fucking definitely injured him, for real. Like, not even, you know, kayfabe. Like, he would have been fucking hurt from that height, you know, from that. Uh, but it didn't matter. Like, it was fine. I enjoyed it. Sacrifice it was fun. Your body, but, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> they have to keep the storyline going. So, um, yeah, the you Bianca so Belair versus Alexa Bliss. <laughs> that the women's match, Belair uh, versus Alexa Bliss, felt like a filler match. It was just like, okay, we're doing this. Okay, Alexa loses, and Bianca Belair wins, and that's fine. Um, and then, of course, Cody Rhodes wins. We all kind of knew that was going to happen because he came back from an injury. They had the stories I every mean, fucking week about him. I just training. wish they would have yeah. kept it hush hush that he was coming back. You Me know too. what I mean? Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Like, instead of making yeah. the announcement that he's going to be at the Rumble, you could have kept it quiet that he was ready to go. You know, you could have let it leak as, like, rumors or whatever. But, you know, I don't know. The second you make it, like, a major announcement, it's like, all right, man, this is like, you know, yeah. remember, remember that guy, Cody Rhodes, that you guys were all hyped up about coming in and talking about how he's going to fight for the championship? Well, guess what? He's finally back after getting injured on, like, his first fucking week of the job, and uh, and yeah, now we're just going to put him right into the mix and let him fight for the championship. Yeah, yeah, because two years ago when um, Edge you know came back, everyone lost their fucking shit because no one wasn't expecting them back. Whole place blew yep. up, and you could have had that exact same thing instead of doing like the ghoul said, you know, doing the media package. Giving us the whole backstory and all that shit. No, man, we know who the fuck he is, we're, and we've been waiting for him. And yeah, it should have been like all in the hush hush. Maybe some rumors out there. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. And then again, let it just happen, you know, and let that you know cr- create a fucking WWE moment. <laughs> and for him to come in at thirty-two, I'm like oh great, so he's like the final. Oh, he knows he's gonna just clear really? He's the last one. You know, mm-hmm. number thirty. Number 30, he comes fucking in. And I know right, he eliminated right. Gunther, who came in number one, so. Yes, he did. Yeah, so you knew how it was going to go down. You knew who was going to win. You know, Rhea Ripley was the same thing, because they had promoting her, like, all fucking week. Like, oh, Rhea's good. Yeah, but Rhea Ripley Rhea came in number yeah. one, didn't she? So she's the first she did, woman yeah. to come in in the, in the one spot. And didn't it, it was her and Liv Morgan, right? Liv Morgan was number two? Uh, no, she came later. I can't remember who was oh, number two. Okay. It wasn't uh, Liv. I think she was three or four. Like, she definitely wasn't second. Oh, I, um, I was going to say, I know Liv has, like, the second record for, like, the longest time in, so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was decent. Um, but uh, the Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, we all knew it was going to happen. Roman Reigns is going to win. But what was great is that at the end of the match, they're handcuffing Kevin Owens to the ring. They're beating the fuck out of him, super kick after super kick. And then they tell Sami Zayn to get involved, and he's like, no, he's done, man. Like, I don't want to be part of this anymore. So Roman hands him a chair, and he's like, fucking do it. So he ends up hitting Roman Reigns instead with the chair. And then gets fucking destroyed by Jimmy and Solo and Roman. And then fucking Jay quits the bloodline. He says what? he's out. So he went on social media this week, and he said he's out. He's done with the bloodline, and he's not coming back. Did, and either did he saying. say he was quit? Did he say he quit on the pay-per-view? Like, was it, like, no, you know, he went on social media the next day. Yeah, oh, he went on okay. social media on Monday, and he just said, I'm out. Then he put a little blood drop, you know, so he's out of the bloodline because of what uh, Roman wanted Sammy to do because he thinks Sammy is a brother in the storyline, which I was like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do now? Like, <laughs> you know, they're tag team champions, and you have one half saying, I'm out of the bloodline. So it's going to be interesting to see well, what they do with tag team. 
championships. Well, you have what's his name Solo. Don't yeah. you? Solo Sokoa. Yep, Solo there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so I mean they could always just put him in as you know. I mean you could do the three man demolition thing if you really need to. Oh, like the Freebird rule. There, exactly. You know. They'll, yeah. They'll it's, pull something. It's possible. Yeah. It just yeah. just as I was getting bored of the storyline, I was like, oh shit, they're picking it up again. <laughs> I was like, man, I felt like the Godfather. This one I take them out, they pull me back in. Like you know, I was like, oh shit, you know, the bloodline storyline fucking picked up again, and now fucking Jay is out. And on social media, all the other bloodline members, like the elders, are like, fuck him, he's out, blood in, blood out, he's out. I'm like, oh shit, even they're getting involved <laughs> on Twitter and on Instagram and shit like that. And where's the Rock? He is crying about Black Adam somewhere. Yes, no involvement. <laughs> Can't blame him now, especially when we just got the whole, uh, you know, I guess I guess that's a transition if I ever heard one, you know, uh, with, with the whole yeah, release of this, this, this whole DC uh, universe that James Gunn is bringing in, you know, the, the, the rock, uh, I'm going to guess, is nowhere to be found within that plan. Well, and he kind of ruined it for himself. I mean, because he was supposed to have a cameo at the end of Shazam to kind of build up the Black Adam character. And he's like, no, nah, that's fucking weak, dude. I don't want to just show up for a cameo. I want my whole fucking own movie. Origin story, everything. I don't want to be seen until that movie. And it's like, well, you kind of probably should have done the cameo. Probably would have worked out better. Or done something well, else. No, I mean, well, no, that's the thing, though. James Gunn had nothing to do with, with, the, Shaz- with the Shazam movie or the Black Adam movie. No, no. So that, that's not no. the reason be. I mean, the, the fact is, the movie, the you know, kind of the, the, fell, the, the, the movie fell below expectations, you know, for a rock mm-hmm. property. But that's also because the DC universe in general was fucking falling below expectations, you know? This is why we're getting the hard okay. work that we're getting. Again. Um, Again. But, yeah, cool. what, do you, what do you think about the lineup that Gunn and uh, Peter Safran have created? Because I think it's pretty ambitious in what they have on the slate uh, for live-action and animated. Yeah, I mean, you have the one animated show, um, Creature Commanders. Yeah, which I believe is going to kick the whole thing off, actually. It's going to be like the, mm-hmm. the first thing that, that gets released. Uh, that'll be on HBO oh, Max. Okay. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, from what they said, is it's basically, as of right now, it's a 10 project setup in which, you know, this, this first, you know, to use the Marvel term, the first phase is called the Gods mm-hmm. and Monsters. So we are coming into a, a, a world in which heroes are already established, and there are also going to be monsters. Um, so I think we're going to get like this 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 mix of supernatural and and superhero. But I think we're going to see some not Zack Snyder darker takes on things, but more along the lines of like I guess if you you were to take a look at like it from the the Marvel standpoint, like the ultimate universe version of these things. You know, mm-hmm. I know DC has whatever their their brand is for that kind of shit. I just forget what it's called. Uh, may, it might be the new 52. Uh, that, that might be. That's the, right. Uh, it is. Yeah. I think that's when they rebooted right. all the shit anyway. Um, yeah. yeah again of, and again. <laughs> some of the projects seem, seem like they have uh, the ones that are interesting me are not the ones that are, are Superman or fucking Batman and Robin. You know what I mean? Like that, that is like the not, authority. Uh, the authority interests me because that's a suicide squad esque kind of like fucked mm-hmm. up 
theme from like a different comic book line in general. You know, that was like Wildstorm or whatever it was. And like these these characters are like gray area characters who think that they're heroes, but they kind of live in a world that they feel is so corrupt that they can do whatever, almost like the boys, that they can do whatever they want to to kind of fix the world. So if they've got to destabilize governments and and kill people and shit like that, they kind of do it. Um, That one's got like the most promise as being like a, a, a wild ride because it can... It could be one of those that, that falls in line, and it's like, yes, this is great. Or it could fall flat, and, and it is what it is. But I'm excited for that one. How about you? What, and what Monkey, you out of all those, yeah, what are you excited about, Monkey? Anything on there? Yeah, uh, again, uh, like a, we were talking in the chat and stuff like that, I'm excited about Booster Gold, but it's yeah. just because uh, – but you got to do it right. It's like you, you have to – Let's see here. You, you, because he's Hollywood douchebag trying to be a hero at the same time. So it's like you kind of have yeah. to have this smart-ass Ryan Reynolds mixed with the Miz, Johnny Cage kind of all together, mm-hmm. in my opinion, to, to pull, pull up a booster goal. While, while at the same time still trying to be a hero, not trying to just be a total douche at the same you know, so trying to be a straight up hero you know and um, and then the other one was you know what I had heard was lanterns was possibly in yeah. effect and again yeah. I had come up with, with a couple different storylines or ways that this could work and the one I'm possibly looking forward to is just my opinion is take some lanterns that nobody knows establish new lanterns if you want to and just have them go through basic training in the core and mm-hmm. just have it be an introduction to the Green Lanterns, what the Green Lanterns mean, you know, what they're supposed to stand for, you know, just have ooh-rah kind of, you know, basic training shit, and then give us a fucking proper CGI killer wall. One that's big, I, fucking huge, uh, and people's fucking, fucking faces. Yeah, yeah, poses. You know, just... <laughs> you know, like like fucking, you know, like Marvel, Incredible Hulk, huge. You know, like get yeah. up in little lanterns' faces and shit. You know, that's what I fucking I, want. <laughs> I think I have a little, I have a little bit of info on that actually, though, for you. So I don't think that's okay. what you're gonna get. Um, shit. That's, so, well, that's just again, an idea I had. <laughs> again, like I said, it's what, what they seem to be wanting to do is this is a world in which these heroes are kind of established. Um, from what I heard, mm. Lanterns is going to be a Hal Jordan, um, uh, Jonathan Stewart team up okay, type okay. of show. Um, and what I'm wondering is if they're going, because I think it's supposed to kind of be like a, uh, the two of them are trying to like solve something that's going on from like, you know, like a, a team up mystery type of deal. Uh, so kind of like Miami vice kind of thing. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, you might have your Crockett and tubs right there. Um, <laughs> what I'm wondering is if this is an established world and we're calling this gods and monsters, are they looking to go with the parallax storyline? Now, I know that kind of got told in the Ryan Reynolds uh, flop. Yeah. But yeah. 
the actual comic book, Hal Jordan ends up being Parallax. And that's the whole true, twist. True. So if you, you do that where you establish in like, hey, these two are our heroes and they're on a mystery looking for this, this evil entity. But in the end, the surprise is that he's the evil entity. You're kind of working towards like these bigger storylines and here's yet a god that becomes a monster. Um, so I, I just, well, just from like the little little things that I read is just the first thing that came to my head because if they weren't that into play, you could start going into Brightest Day, you could start going into Darkest Night, you could get the DC zombie shit that went on. You know what I mean? Like you can work a lot of storylines right out of this Lantern series. True, but at the same time, it's like, do you do they need to kind of slow that down a little bit and like wait till a season two? and get your characters established before you go straight into the Parallax storyline. You know, it's like, you know, because once you go there, man, like you were saying, you go heavy into the the multiverse of the DC, if you will, with, like you were saying, all of the different storylines that come forth from just that one. I don't think they're looking to cater to an audience that doesn't know these characters. You know what I mean? I think what James right. does, mm-hmm. what what he's saying is, is like, listen, you fucking people know these origin stories. You know who these characters <laughs> are. And for the people that don't, let, let me let me like see the pearls again. For Jafal, let me see the pearls fall. It's fucking hard to figure out that hey, this fucking guy's got this weird green energy ring, and he fucking shoots shit. You know what I mean? Like that, you you don't need all of these complicated like origin pathos, and it's got like how many fucking times do I need to see Krypton explode? You know, like come on, enough already. (laughs) Give me a world in which fucking Superman exists, and that's what it seems like they're going to do. The Batman Brave and the Bold is going to be Batman with Damien which means we have an established yes, Batman had a fucking son. You know what I mean? Like all of these things, I think we're going to literally look at a world as if like, hey, this is a window and we're looking at the DC universe that we've been reading for years. Well, guess what? No, now we're not reading it. Now we're watching it. And I know that they're going to keep like the Batman is going to go and they're going to call those. Those are going to be just like the comic books. They're going to be Elseworlds. So they're going to yes. be okay. still made but they're not taking place within the continuity of this DCU. Smart. Yeah, it's a smart okay. move. They kind of let them be oh. in their own worlds. Um, I wonder if we're going to have Damien just gonna, looking on Batman the, money, the entire you know? time. Yeah. <laughs> what are you excited for, Kate? <laughs> um, uh, obviously, Creature Commandos I'm really fucking excited for because I feel like that's one that not a lot of people know about. Um, Frankenstein's monster with a werewolf, a vampire, a gorgon. They beat on fucking Nazis. So I was like, that, it was an amazing comic book. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it's in the vein of like Harley Quinn where it's just fucking dirty and it's all over the place. And of course, Swamp Thing. Everybody's like, oh, again? I'm like, no, yeah, let's go fucking again. Because I like that CW series. And I felt like <laughs> with a screen adaptation, let's, you could go a lot fucking bloodier with it. And you can make Let's it a lot of fun. Get Derek Mears back. I want yeah. it to be like a rated R fucking movie. Make it rated R, make it fucking bloody, make it gory. Have Derek Mears come back because he was great in that CW series. Um, I'm just really excited for that one. Um, I mean, the other ones, I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, like you said, with Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, looking forward to seeing that. The Authority, which again is one that I don't think a lot of people know about, where it's just kind of one of those offshoots. But then again, I think that's what James Gunn is doing. Like you had said, Ghoul, like, we know fucking Superman. We know Wonder Woman. We know Batman. 
well, what about all these other fucking characters that are in the DC universe? Like, let's talk about them. Like, let's give them a story. Like, let's see what they do. So that's why I'm glad yeah. that he's kind of taking control of that. Give me Lady Quark. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. again, like some of my favorite things to read when I was younger were those gigantic, like the, the, the tomes of the fucking DC encyclopedia in which you would just have all of these this just character after character Ooh, after too. character. Yeah. Lord Lightning, Lightning Last, you know what I mean? You've got characters that are coming from, like, the future, characters coming from the past, like, all this crazy shit, man. And, yeah, like, let's get to exploring that kind of stuff, you know? I, I know, maybe it's not going to draw the crowd on night one. Maybe it's not. No. But you know yep. what? It's going to build, and if you make a quality product... It's going to build. I mean, this is exactly what Marvel did when they put out Iron Man. You took, you know, Robert Downey Jr. You said, hey, this is going to be the perfect fucking role for you. We're going to use a character that most people kind of blow off as far as, you know, being an Avenger. And, you know, he's not fucking, you know, he's not an X-Man. You know, he's not the Incredible Hulk. No, it's fucking Iron Man. But if you do it right, look what can happen. You know, magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm curious, though, yeah. like, is the CW stuff going to wind down and that universe is going to end and, and then we're going to start up with these new series or are they somehow going to tie into the pre-existing shows? Some, well, some of them are ending anyway. Um, from, oh, from what okay. I've heard, the, uh, yeah. so like the new Superman movie, I think it's like Superman Legacy or something like that. Yes. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So whatever Superman series is on right now, basically what they said is they're figuring there's probably like another two seasons. So when that show would wrap up, it would actually be just when they're getting ready to release the new Superman movie. So I think they're going to kind of wind down the shows. And because they, they've kind of run their course at this point. You know, The Flash is on, mm-hmm. what, like season eight? You know what I mean? Season yeah, nine? Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy, you know? Arrow's long gone. Yeah, something like that. You know, these shows only have so long of a shelf life, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah, it was great while we had this, this awesome continuity of all these things going on. But after a while, it gets so convoluted. And especially on a week-to-week television series, it kind of starts to get a little dull. Um, and that's what happened to me. I fell out of those shows. Like, I was so into them for a while, and then it was like, you know what? It's kind of becoming a chore to fucking keep up on all this stuff. Uh, so, you know, I think they, yeah, they yeah, the, wind those down and, and then just do what they're going to do. Now, don't get me wrong. That still doesn't mean, like, TV rights for, like, whatever domain they have. They're still going to do what they want to do, you know, whatever they can legally do. Because some of the stuff's going to be on HBO Max. Some of it's going to be theatrical. None of it's public mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, oh, okay. Like, so I think the uh, the Wonder Woman series, the uh, Paradise Lost, at least that's what I think it is. I mean, I don't know, Google, if you had any thoughts about that. I think they're going for Paradise Lost City, like I said in the group chat, where it's going to be the mm-hmm. creation of Wonder Woman's planet. Um, I know they said that's going to be an HBO Max series, but it's going to be more in lines of, like, Game of Thrones. Sounds like great. Yeah, it's, Here we go. I don't think it's got anything to do with the planet. It's taking place in the past. Uh, it's, it's on the mm-hmm. island. So basically, mm-hmm. it's just going to yeah, be a on, Game of Thrones-esque series taking place on the island of Themyscira or whatever it's called. Um, that, so, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be a maybe a period of time in which there were factions 
of the various Amazons. Yeah, I'm sure there I mean, will be, I don't yeah. see how, how yeah. else you pull a Game of Thrones-esque type of storyline out of that. You know what I mean? You're going to have to obviously have, you know, different people vying for power and going from there with it. So, Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, but that, that gun has a full fucking plate. I know Creature Commandos is already in production, like the goal said, so it's already well underway. So that's going to be like the first Commandos. one. Like a late 80s, early 90s toy, you know? Creature Commandos, (laughs) gonna shoot those creatures tonight. I'm the werewolf. Ah, I'm gonna kill you. Ah, stop it. I got my gun. Sorry. And I'll practice that. Fuck you, Nazi. Punch Hitler in the face. Every time. Bam, bam, bam. That's why I love Creature Commandos. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um,. But, um, okay, so moving on. Hitler's uh, a vampire? Oh, no. no. That would be fucking killer. <laughs> he said, ah, I want to get your blood. He's like, not today, fucking Hitler. <laughs> Silver bullet. We do nasty. We kill Nazis. <laughs> I want me my Nazi scalp. <laughs> oh, no. It's Frankenstein's <laughs> Werewolf, like, you know, they can start combining shit, too. That'd be kind of cool. They make combiners. I don't know about you. I used to do that shit with my He-Man toys. I'd pop, like, one guy's arm off and stick it on another character oh, and shit I did like that. that. <laughs> yeah. It's werewolf Except science. Fisto. We don't talk about Fisto. 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 The fucking B guy always had that look on his face like he was getting a fucking O. <laughs> <laughs> always did. Fisto. Buzz, was Fisto Buzz, Buzz, was that his name? Buzz, Buzz? It was like something stupid, too. It was like <laughs> Buzz, Buzz, yeah, Buzz. something like that, yeah. <laughs> Bumble Buzz or something. Um, so, if, so if I can, real quick, real quick, because I did yeah, have like a, 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 a horror experience. Uh, this Absolutely. weekend, um, you know, normally oh. I don't have anything to like add during like any of this kind of stuff, right? So, so uh, you went and you saw the Cronenberg movie and all that stuff. I finally experienced yeah. something that I've been wanting to experience for a long period of time, but always blew okay. it off because you know it was an it was an older property. So in 2008, a horror mm-hmm. game came out called Dead Space. A yes. over-the-shoulder, yeah. third-person type of shooter game taking place on a space station, similar to, to let's say, like the Alien movie. Yeah. Uh, was mm-hmm. essentially kind of yeah. like how, how things died. There were monsters on the ship. You know, now, now I, never, yeah. I never played the game. Um, always wanted to, just never did. You know? And then sequel after sequel came out. And just, yeah, I was absolutely. into other things at that time. Well, they recently did a remake for the game for the newer systems. And that just released last week. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to spend 60 bucks and buy this brand new fucking game that just came out. And, nice. and finally experienced Dead Space, you know? So now I, I bought the game on Thursday. I'm like, oh, you know what? I could play now, but, you know, I, I want this to be right. I needed to have the right mood, the right setting, everything. I've got it on my Xbox. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. Wait until Friday night. Everybody's wound down. Everybody's gone to bed. Cool girl's in the bedroom doing her thing. Turned out all the lights, man. Threw the headphones on so that, you know, everything yeah. was experienced oh, yeah. as if it yeah. was like full, full three-dimensional sound on my 65-inch television, man. 
First and mm-hmm. foremost, the game is fucking beautiful. The remake is incredible. The sense of size and everything that's going on within this fucking this little world that you're in is fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, the game itself is fucking amazing. I jumped four to five legitimate times. One of which I actually fucking like yelled a little bit to the, and it was loud enough that I actually did one of those where I looked around to hopefully not see somebody like in the doorway of the living room to be like, "Are you okay?" You know, because it was like, "Fuck, man!" I like, I like, I wheeled around in the game, and like one of the monsters was like right on my six. So, like, when I wheeled around, like, that motherfucker was, like, right in my face on my television. And these things are not, like, they're not, like, your typical video game monsters. You can't shoot them in the head and kill them. No, you've got to use your weaponry to, like, dismember these fucking things, man. It is, the game is a thing of fucking beauty. That's all I'm saying. So, if if you've ever played it and you want to experience it in this, this newer build, it's well worth the money. If you've never played it before, do yourself a favor and buy it and fucking go for it because it is a ride, man. I've made it to chapter one and, you know, I played till like 1130, almost 12. and was like, all right, you know what? This is the perfect place to like pull out of this and I'm going to re-experience it again probably this Friday when I, when I get a couple hours in again. Oh, yeah. Very, no, very I, cool, I man. many playthroughs of Dead Space. Like, yeah, just that opening when you get to that fucking flight lounge and everything goes fucking wrong, it's like, oh, shit. Like, you're fucking uh, in it now. Dude, the shutters <laughs> yeah. start locking, man. Fucking things yeah. are beeping, lights are flashing. And again, I, I, everything's on these headphones, so, like, the fucking sound is like, they, they did a great job of assaulting you with all of it. You know what I mean? So yeah. you don't know where the fuck you're looking. Where is, what was that behind me? It's, it's some fucking, it's some legitimate creepy shit. I really have to give them credit because they did a great fucking job with it. You know, on the flip oh, side of it. things... You know, Square Enix's, I guess, first AAA title for the PlayStation 5, Forspoken, you know, unfortunately, as of right now, is considered a flop. Um, it's it's it, been yeah, review-bombed. It's yeah. review-bombed to shit. I've been playing it, you know what I mean? And it's not, it's not as bad as the reviewers are making it sound. It's one of those where they really are just, they're shitting on it more than necessary because it's Square Enix. You know, oh, it's the big Final Mm. Fantasy company, and look, they made a bad game. It's not terrible, but it is, it's not what you would expect from them. Graphically, some of the game feels unfinished. I mean, these are things they can fix Mm. with updates, but you know what, motherfuckers, you're Square Enix. The game should have been finished when you fucking released it. You know, either delay that (laughs) shit or fucking, you know, Get your shit fixed, man. Plain and simple. Um, fucking and yeah, there's, there's a lot of rep, like a lot of vocal repetition going on in the game. Like the fucking, you have like a wristband on that's constantly talking to you throughout the game, and like the banter back and forth is like way fucking repetitive. Like I've heard the same shit so many times that it's kind of like I'm ready to like mute the characters' fucking vocals. Mm. I'm like high on life, where it's just fucking fun the entire time. Yeah, well, different writer and fucking, they had nothing to lose with that game. Well, now I no. guess, it, you know. Well, Justin Royer. <laughs> now he's in a bit of trouble. <laughs> a, little, a little hot water, you know, no more Rick and Morty for him. So kind of kind of sucks, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Why? What happened with the game? Uh, well, no, not the game. Nothing with the game. Justin Royland, I think his name is. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, yep. oh! I thought I you were talking about as far as the game was concerned. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Thing. <laughs> not, uh, yeah, Justin Roiland kind of getting worked, you know, after everything that happened. I mean, that. I mean, I can't imagine Rick and Morty without him, but yeah, we'll see. They're working on season seven now, so it's. A, I don't feel good for the guy that has to take over for those characters, but. Um, so yeah, a couple of things I want to talk about before we get into the movie that I, I jotted down. Uh, one of them is that the George A. Romero Foundation is teaming up with Bloody Disgusting to create a scripted podcast series called The Dead. The series will be set in the Night of the Living Dead universe, co-created by George A. Romero and John Russo, respectively. It will tell new stories and expand upon characters from that universe line. So they are very excited about it. They were announcing it all week, so I can't wait to see what happens with it. Um, they're only focusing on Night of the Living Dead. They're not focusing on Dawn or Day or the other ones, so... I'm looking forward to seeing what new stories have to be told. You know, maybe we'll get a little bit more about Harry and, and of course, Ben and Barbara. So stay tuned for more on um, that one as it develops. Um, so what is it, like pre, so also, pre-dead stories of these characters? Like they said it's just going to be brand-new stories. So it could be prequel. It could be after Night of the Living Dead. You know, what happens immediately after Night of the Living Dead, after the farmhouse is kind of taken down and everything like that. So, you know, they just said that they're hiring writers right now to kind of develop the universe further. So it's probably going to stay in 68, 69, I'm sure. Um, so just looking forward to seeing what they come up with because I'm sure there's still gotcha. more stories to be told. Because there was a, a book that came out a couple of years ago, um, and the title is escaping me right now, but it was all stories that were told within the Night of the Living Dead universe. Um, oh, I, Romero I, wrote one. Okay. I think there's a lot of stories to be told with it. Just the, the with you naming the specific characters just seem weird because they're all dead. You could tell a story about how. Well, you could tell a story about how Harry and Karen and his wife Helen got to the farmhouse. I mean, that could be an episode right there because they okay. they were yeah, attacked on the road. So okay, so during. During the initial thing, gotcha. All right, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you. I mean Ben has. A, no, it's all right. But like Ben had that whole story about the Beekman's Diner incident. I mean, that could be a whole episode itself. So that's what I'm thinking they're going to do. But we'll see. I mean, they just said it's going to take place in the Night of the Living Dead universe. So, um, there and there was of course John Russo's Return of the Living Dead that he wrote as a novel, which is complete opposite of what the Return of the Living Dead movie came to be where it was about the Sheriff McClellan from Men of the Living Dead and how he formed, like, a group, and they were going around in buses and killing uh, zombies that I think would make a great fucking movie or a series, but we'll see. It brought to you by the NRA. <laughs> the sh- yeah. the shooting oh, no, yeah, of very, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it would definitely work now. Um, so, uh, Monkey, there's two things I wanted to talk about for you uh, that I found out about. Um, while plot details are still under wraps, Joe Cornish was on a podcast recently where he revealed that the vibe he's going for with Attack the Block 2. He said, we think about Alien and Aliens and Terminator and Terminator 2, and we want to take a shot at doing our version of what people did for those movies. So it seems like he's going to take the vibes of Alien and Terminator uh, and making it larger in scale like they did with Aliens and Terminator 2. So taking the small story and expanding it into a much bigger action-based universe, which I'd love to see. Like, make it bigger, make it badder, you know. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with Attack of Block 2. So you're pretty much talking about all of England being taken over then, as opposed to, like, just a block. 
you know, and right. uh, but, I but that was fun. Is the very but but that's what was so good about the first one though was you know just the small small scale of the area. You know, you're just talking about a couple of blocks of England and just the weird ass fucked up shit that was going on while everything else was going on fine everywhere else. It's just this tiny tiny little speck, you know. No, I mean, what and all, comes up and with? all, I think, all know, of yeah. this madness and mayhem happens just in this small little area. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I just, I'd, I'd like to see what he comes up with because you have to. Like with a sequel, you have to go bigger. Like you just, you have to. You can't just do another block again. Like with Aliens and like Terminator Two, like you have to make bigger stories. You have to make bigger plots. So, um, looking forward to seeing what he what he comes up with. Hopefully, it works. You know, sometimes sequels well, flop. Sometimes they work. I do think the fun. The funny thing is, the two sequels that he is mentioning are also both James Cameron movies. Um, you know, in regards to that, you know, and and in regards to Alien versus Aliens, I mean, you know, Cameron didn't do Aliens. You know what I mean? Or Alien, Ridley Scott did. So I think that's why you have such a a dramatic difference between the two. You know, they they knew mm-hmm. they knew they could turn. All of those those action movies that were so popular in the early to, to mid '80s, and hey, why don't we mix it in with this, you know, with this this property that we have, and see what that does? Because we can't make an. There's already been enough stalker horror movie type of deal, so so let's let's do something mm-hmm. different with it. So I, I my my feel like I love Aliens, but you know my my, my yeah. heart is always yeah. going to go to the original film first and foremost. I like the tone and and, and the way that film is set. Yeah, and I I like the slasher aspect of Alien, but I just I I got to give it to Aliens. You know that fucking movie is just so much fun. Bill Paxton is just fucking all over the place. Game over, man. Game over. Like it's just so fucking great. To see him in that movie being attacked by these fucking aliens, like it's a, a solid fucking sequel where you're like, well, where are they going to go after aliens? Like that movie's great. So how are you going to build upon it? And they fucking did. Um, you know, the the further sequels weren't as great. Like I didn't like Alien Three and Alien Resurrection was like, why? Why are we here? <laughs> so I just stick with the first two. Um, you know, and I'm I'm happy with that. Um, and then with like Terminator Two, of course, you have Robert Patrick showing up as this fucking cop cyborg. Like, holy shit. I love that scene where he calls home and he's like, hi, mom, I just want to talk to you for a second. And then fucking Arnold asks the question. He's like, your mom is dead. What? (laughs) What's what's your dog's name? Max. Hey, mom, how's Wolfie doing? Oh, Wolfie's fine, dear. (laughs) Your step-parent, your your parents are dead. And then it goes back to the cop, and you got the long fucking blade going through the carton of milk, through yep. the, the mom's yeah. head. Mm-hmm. Stepdad's head. It's stepdad's stuff. head. Because he was yeah, impersonating the mom. That's right, yeah. I was so, just one of my favorite scenes in that fucking movie. Not my mother, um, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other thing uh, is that Gamera is finally coming back as an anime series on Netflix. The series will have six episodes and feature five different kaiju enemies. So if the monkey is clamoring for some more kaiju action with Gamera, the flying turtle, there you go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, was... but you said this, this is going to be the animated series, right? It's an anime, yeah. Yeah, see, and right now I think they have three series already for Godzilla. And, you know, they're tolerable if you can deal with Godzilla on a, you know, another planet. 
No, this is like another planet out in outer space. Oh, you know, not not okay. space Godzilla. It's like you know, but it, like I, I want to know what happened to the possible Gamera live action movie that they were supposed to have been working on forever. You know that that's yeah. They dropped that real quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, they, they were working that. on it. They, they they had shown us a couple creature designs, and then the project just disappeared. Like Toho, like all of a sudden buried that shit for some reason. <laughs> um, well, and then just uh, to good, uh, cool. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to say. I mean, you know, normally mostly that's that's lack of interest. You know what I mean? They obviously must not have been feeling like either whatever was coming wasn't wasn't to their liking, or there just wasn't any possible. interest generated in it. So so why, especially in this day and age. You can't risk putting out something that's really not going to make that money, you know. It's uh, as we're seeing here in American theaters. You know, so certain they've taken to the point where the movies that are making money cost more money to fucking see. Mm-hmm. True. Yep. No, it's true. Um, so the last two things I had are: it appears that there is not going to be a second season for Dexter New Blood. Apparently, Showtime is moving on from the one season which, again, I have not watched past episode two, so I don't know what happens. I can't tell you. Um, but apparently they are moving on from Dexter New Blood, and they are possibly focusing on a prequel series, focusing on the young Dexter Morgan um, and finding out what he was doing back when he was a kid and in high school. But if you watch the original run, you fucking know, because they explain to you what happened, especially seeing Michael C. Hall as a fucking adult play a teenager self. It's fucking great. Let's put a floppy fucking wig on him and just be like, yeah, he's 50. He's younger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there is that. Um, And uh, as you know, The Last of Us has premiered. It's been a juggernaut for HBO. Um, The episode three, which aired last Sunday, brought in 6.4 million day one viewers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, so it grew more. That's insane. Yep. 6.4 6.4 million and, viewers on day one, so on Sunday alone. And has so, resurrected Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have not watched episode three either, Google, so I'm right there with you. I've watched two. I have not watched three yet. I'm trying to avoid spoilers because, of course, when you go on Facebook, they're like, oh, my God, did you see? No, no, I didn't see. Like, get away from me. Stop talking. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So I have to watch that probably this weekend before I get ready for episode four. But it's also been announced that season two has been greenlit. So season two is a fucking go after only three episodes of the first season have aired. Um, And they don't really plan on doing anything other than that because there's only two video games. There's only uh, the first one and then the second one. So they're like, eh, we'll probably just do two seasons and just end it because they don't want to create, like, original shit. They just want to go off video games and – Create new stories, which I respect, but yeah, 6.4 million viewers on day one well, of the episode, that's huge. We, we know what that comes down to, man. That comes down to a money game. So if that show is making money and bringing in viewers and selling people on getting HBO Max, that money truck's going to back up, and all of a sudden you're going to have some writers going on. You know, They'll just make something separate <laughs> from, from whatever the video game franchise is. Uh, look, they did it with Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, you know? They, how many seasons yeah. they ended up having to create? And Walking what, Dead. Another four, another four <laughs> yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there we have it with that. Um, so that's going to be it for what I have. I mean, I had other stuff, but 
I wanted to get into the movie for tonight because, you know, of course, Dean isn't here. He is here in spirit, so I kind of wanted to bring him in uh, for a second to kind of give you a synopsis and what he thought about it. Yes, thank you so much, yes, for the wrestling talk and for all the DC comic book stuff, yes. And there you have it. me so much. Oh, so, so we nice. have Day Shift from 2022, directed by J.J. Perry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, guys, homeboy over here, he is a hardworking dad out to provide for his daughter using the pool cleaning business as a front. And then at night, he's just running around killing vampires. So, you know, you know, it's passable. I watched it. All right, thank you, thank you, Dean. Thank you. Uh, you can go back to to coaching. Uh, all right, anyway, so yeah, that is uh, day shift. So um, I want to kick it off with the goal. Uh, what did you think about day shift? Uh, <laughs> Man, Are we have an accord. <laughs> okay, we have an accord, sir. So. Were we talking about Karate Kid earlier, man? I mean, that, that was more fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> day shift. Here, here's my problem you know, with Dacia. Go, okay. go to work. It's time for to go to work. Come on. Here, here's how I'm going to frame it. I'm not going to tell you necessarily whether or not I actually liked Day Shift. Here's, the, here, here's what I found to be the problem with Day Shift. Within the film that is called Day Shift, right, there's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, three or four fucking decent movies or television shows that could have all been made instead of the film that we got. <laughs> and any one of those three projects probably would have been better than this, this, this jumbled mess of a movie. Like, I feel like they didn't, like, we'll get into it as you go into like the deeper, the, 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 the deeper parts of it, I guess. But like, oh, <laughs> Like, A, this director has no style whatsoever. Like, if you're no. going to make this movie, you've got to stylize it. You've got to give it its own fucking identity. We've seen this before and done better. It's called Blade. You know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, there are, are, are characters and, and lines that go on in this movie that don't actually attack to anything, which make me feel like either this movie was edited to shit. Now, normally, after a film, after we watch a movie, I look all this shit up on, like, Wikipedia and everything and read it. You know, I wanted to go into this one without reading any of that. I'm hoping you guys got more information, because I just want to know if, like, what my thoughts were about this were right. I feel like this was, like, supposed to be a TV series, like a Netflix series, and they were like, hey, we can't actually Mm -hmm. afford Jamie Foxx for a series, so instead Said, we're just going to condense this all into a film, but actually put a bunch of shit together that really won't make any sense if you pay attention to what the fuck you're watching. Like the whole Heather character. She like moves in next door, and then at one point we hear her talking to somebody, and she's like, yeah, you know, I got really close to him, so he's going to know something's going on. At what point did these two motherfuckers get close? When Jamie Foxx brought her <laughs> shit up to her room? Because that's the only other time these two people interact. Like, there's stuff that goes on here. Did you know that El Jefe is fucking uh, Snoop Dogg? 
That's nope. That's actually that's listed nope. in the cast, but that's nowhere in the fucking movie. You get <laughs> never, mentioned never Al Hefe a bunch of times, but like even at the end, if they would have had him turn around and his eyes go red or something like that, but then even that, you would have been like, oh well, he got bit down there. That's why he turned. Like somewhere, Snoop Dogg is supposed to be the main villain, like the bigger villain, a seven hundred no, year old no. vampire. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, who's supposed to be bigger and badder than the chick that we get, Audrey, who was fucking atrocious. Like your villain oh is my bad. God. That is that Anthony Michael Head? That is him, right? Playing her second in command, the dude from Buffy. No, uh, no that oh, was okay. a completely different guy. Oh, this whole time I thought that was him. I thought he was great. Nope. I wanted more of him Klaus? because he was at least entertaining hey, to watch. Yeah. yeah, Klaus was fun, but that wasn't Anthony Michael Ed. That wasn't Giles. <laughs> uh, well, see, <laughs> I, I totally actor. thought that, too, that was. This whole time, I'm like, wow, he looks great. He looks tall. He looks like he's got a build going. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess it makes sense because he's not that actor. So, but they, again, like, I, I would have rather watched the fucking Nazarian Brothers movie. I think that's the, that's no, the movie yeah. they missed out on. Yep. That shit would have been a fucking blast, okay, because that was the best scene in the movie when they weren't yep. showing Jamie Foxx. Okay, when it was fucking Howie, yeah. Steve Howie, and it was fucking Scott Atkins doing his fucking British Scott Atkins, I'm a fuck you up type of shit. I loved it. I was like, this is the movie that I want to see. Why do I keep seeing Jamie Foxx? Fucking Jamie Foxx. <laughs> He's Jamie Foxing. <laughs> Jamie Foxing. And Snoop Doggy yeah, Doggy. <laughs> In history. Money. <laughs> Well, it had a $100 million budget, so obviously Netflix has deep pockets. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 80, 80 Mikey, of it went to fucking pops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 of it went to Snoop Dogg, and then the 10 was split up against <laughs> everything else. <laughs> Hit me with those thoughts, Mikey. What did you think about Asia? Dude, <laughs> I told you guys that I was intentionally avoiding this movie because of Jamie Foxx. I'm not a fan of his. Like, as an actor, he's, uh, okay, you know, I, I, like, he's extremely passable as an actor, but but it's like, as a person, it's like, he just had that period where he just went through, like, <clears throat> becoming an extreme douchebag with his fucking diva attitude where, you know, he was a fucking shit, no one could touch him, and, you know, and I just can't fucking stand him when actors get to that point, you know. Like fucking mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy in the eighties, when he was like, you know, oh, had, had that e- ego when he was f- filming Coming to America, you know, that kind of shit. For some reason, like that's a life goal for some people, and like Fox was trying his damnedest to be that fucking asshole. So, like, may- maybe he's changed personally. I seriously doubt it, but you know that that's why I just can't fucking stand Jamie Fox. Like, <laughs> as far as the movie, it's labeled as horror. It's even in the fucking horror section in Netflix, you know. Yeah. But this is, but this movie wasn't fucking horror, man. It's like this. This is like you know, it's trying to go for that you know fun old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you know this was like tr- also trying to go down the route of old school action movie. You know, let's blow anything up. You know, everything up. You know, all. You know, but it's just all the blood, the guts, the gore. You know were, you know, almost all spilled by the fucking vampires, you know, with barely a scratch done to the fucking humans by, like, any vampiric acts of bloodlust, 
you know. It's like we didn't see anyone getting gutted or drank from or anything like that, you know. Like, we saw someone get mm-hmm. fucked up mafia-style by the vamps, but, you know, we didn't see any beating or bloodletting or, like, any real seduction or gorging on the human flesh or nothing, man. It's, it's like, this movie was, like, something like, you know, someone saw, like, in my opinion, like, someone saw John Carpenter's Vampires, a movie I fucking love, King. I know you can't fucking stand it, but I love it. And they thought, hey, let's just do a reboot of this. But since we don't want to offend anyone, let's take out all of the religious connections, connotations, and symbolisms mm-hmm. attached, attached to vampirism. And instead, let's make it like a fucking union or an office job. You know, like just like RFPD or Men in Black. Oh, then let's, mm. oh, oh, but we still don't want to offend anyone. Let's turn it into a family film, too, then. So that means if any humans get hurt from now on, we're going to turn it into comedy bits. Okay, so this movie is pretty much if DreamWorks came along, fucked over oh, did I vampires, shit myself? But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but and that and then turn tr- then try turning that into a family film. So yeah, the, you know, like like I said, I was avoiding it after seeing it. You know, you at home, if you're looking for a fun, pretty non-offensive, you know, almost family-friendly action movie about vampire hunting, then here you go, folks. Have fun. Go watch Blade. Don't listen to him. Go watch Blade yeah, instead. Watch Blade. That, that's fa- that's family friendly and good. Yeah. Watch Blade. Watch The Lost Boys. Watch Fright Night. Watch something better than this movie because it's 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 not good. Um, you know, and I had seen it when it came out because a lot of horror sites were like, "Oh shit, Jimmy Fox, Snoop Dogg, vampires. It's going to be fun." And I remember watching it back when it came out back uh, in the summertime. And I was like, "Huh, it was passable." I was like, "Okay." And it was over, and I had just had no real memory of it. And then when I rewatched it from the show, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fucking Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg going, hey, hey, yeah, what's up? I'm cool. I'm a badass. And then you have fucking Dave Franklin going up going, hey, hey, I'm the white guy in this movie. Oh, look out. I'm a nerd. I'm like, okay, so this is what we're doing. You know, he's got to play the fucking Jerry Lewis fucking character throughout the entire movie. Um, you know, when we get introduced to him. Um, well, that's because that's, that's what black people think of us white people, man. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. That's, I that's what you got to realize, like, man. Yep. But, but yep. Here's no, a, no, I got it the entire time. I'll take Dave Franco over fucking James Franco any day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love Dave Franco more, much more than, than James. I think his comedic timing is fucking great. I wish he was in more. I love him in Neighbors uh, with Zac Efron. Uh, just mm-hmm. so fucking good. Like he he is great. Um, and I didn't mind him in this movie as Seth. Like I I enjoyed the scenes where he's you know in them. Like you know did I shit myself? He pisses his pants. Like you know it's that, good. But um, the, the shit myself line yeah. was actually delivered well enough to where it, it's still it's the one line in the movie that got an actual like out of my mouth giggle. Like I I really heartily laughed when he said that. <laughs> And there's only one line in this movie that actually made me laugh, and I'll get to it. Um, but when we open this movie, we meet Bud Jablonski. He's a pool cleaner working in San Fernando, California. He's cleaning pools, but is happy to keep his shotgun and bullets close at hand. Once the owner of the house leaves, Bud suits the fuck up and enters the house. It's cold and dark inside the house, just like how it should be. That's just how I like it. I like it cold and dark. So <laughs> I was happy with that. But an old woman <laughs> here is asking a lot of questions. I like it, Chris. <laughs> So an old woman appears asking a lot of questions and gets shot um, by this old lady, motherfucking vampire. So after a long fight, Bud manages to kill Granny Vamp, 
Michael, the van coming home early, runs in only to have his head cut off by a wire trap and shot by Bud, who collects the fangs for money. So far, with no reason being made, Bud puts on one of Granny's nightgowns and along with a bottle of booze, leaves in his truck. Seriously, what the fuck? Like, I was like, ah, God, why? Is it supposed to be funny? Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, he's putting on a fucking nightgown and driving away. Like, I was like, I don't know. Um, but he leaves with the nightgown. Uh, and Comedy, then we get introduced get to it? a woman. I didn't get man. it. I was like, why are we doing this? He's a man wearing women's oh. clothing. You don't get the U.S. Uh, no, this was, no I didn't. Is this the Big Mama's house? <laughs> I know. Martin Lawrence is walking down the street. You steal my bitch, Amy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so we later see a woman named Audrey confronting a trapped vampire dying in daylight known as Sasha. Audrey is also a vampire, and she decides to have him buried in concrete as she plans on building a fancy estate neighborhood on top of him. Bud arrives at home, late on the rent, but no matter. Okay. He needs to shower, and he left. Yep, go ahead, Monkey. Oh, um, yeah. The, the part though about casing the vampire in concrete, like I, this is like one of the few things I actually did like as far as them addressing yeah, the vampirism was, was is the idea yeah. of them like encasing a motherfucker and the idea of literally having to sit there maybe a hundred years, you know, yeah. and then you know going hungry with no blood and shit like that, and just hoping that maybe someday. So, Someone breaks you free from this shit because you can't die. It's like you're you're not going to die from anything. No, nope. nope. You know, so j- just the idea of that, I was like, okay. You know, I was thinking this made me think, okay, maybe this movie's going to go fucking dark because that was some pretty fucked up shit. But no, unfortunately, no, we don't get anything else as creative as that with the vampires in this movie. But I did like yeah, that I mean, part. Yeah. In the originals, they just fucking daggered themselves. You know what I mean? Like one brother mm-hmm. would like dagger his sister, and then like stick him in a coffin and make it like just didn't kill him. It just like kept him like immobile. But then he fucking yeah. like leave him there for like 150 years. You know, fucking him over and shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I also like the fact that Audrey can go out during the day. Like she has the umbrella. You know, when she sticks her hand out from the umbrella, she starts to burn a little bit. So I'm like, okay, not bad. Like, I was like, I'll give this movie the credit. <laughs> you know, for that eh, little bit. Um, it's an umbrella, again, yeah, man. Just a little bit. You do realize you can get, like, UV light still through it. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know, like I said, I, I get it. I know that there's a drop line later that says that there's, like, a mm-hmm. sunblock that they've developed yep. that can last, mm-hmm. like, about 20 minutes or something. But, again, these are all yeah. things that, like, this movie never establishes anything other than, Not like, hey, Jamie Foxx kills vampires – Jamie Foxx sells teeth, and, like, that's it. Like like I said, like, this movie needed a director that had, like, a sense of style. And instead, I think they went with a director that just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do, Jamie Foxx. You're the producer. You're, you're helping pay the bills. Yes, sir. You, you want to be the star of the show? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I got no ideas of my own, sir. None, of, none at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, this should well, be a world in which... In which the world knows that vampires yeah. exist. You know what I mean? Let there be, like, yep. this be a universe. In which, you know, when you have a stock market of fucking vampire teeth, I think more people in the world would know about fucking vampires. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, yeah, J.J. Perry, the director, was a stunt coordinator before he became a director for this movie. So it was his first fucking project. So, 
that's how you can tell it's so weak because he's not used to being behind the director's chair. Um, but Bud arrives home late on rent, like I had said. He showers up in heels, and then he's late picking up his daughter Paige. They decide to get frozen yogurt, and the line, do you have any Black History Month discounts? That got a laugh out of me. Like, honestly, <laughs> it got a chuckle out of me. I was like, I was like, okay, that's it. Probably this is it the felt, only time I'm going to laugh. It felt like an ad lib. It felt like Jamie Foxx yeah. just, like, yeah. kind of, like, he just kind of threw it out there, and it probably would have been an outtake, and then they were like, hey, that's actually legitimately funny. Yeah, I laughed. Like, it, it got me. So uh, Bud drops off his daughter at his ex-wife's Jocelyn's house. And apparently Jocelyn is moving to Florida to stay with her mom, uh, with Paige, because the bills are piling Drinks. up. It's getting expensive. So, um, so of course, Bud decides, I want my daughter to stay. I know she needs braces. I know the school is expensive. So he asks her to stay until Monday. He'll get ten grand. Like, he'll get what she needs, and then that way they could stay. Like, just give me a minute. I'll find out what I can do. Fine. You got until Monday. So Bud visits the loan office to see Troy to get some money. He brings him the vampire teeth that he got earlier. Troy offers him 800 bucks, and since that enough, Troy tells him to go to the union, but Bud can't do that. He's been kicked out of the union. Troy tells him that Elder right. is worth That's why you on. come to me, because you can't go to the union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Elder teeth are worth twenty grand, but this woman that he killed earlier isn't an elder, and her teeth are worth about two thousand bucks. So Bud offers him other items, including his gun, aka snake eyes. Troy wants his Jordans as well. It's a deal, and we see Bud walking out without his shoes on. And then Paige later calls him, asking Bud if she and her mom are moving. Bud tells her that it's a joke and don't worry about it. And that's when he decides to text a man named Big J to help him because he's in desperate mode. So that so- night. Audrey is so real mm-hmm. quick. So, like I said earlier, yep. three there were three projects that I feel could have come that would have been better movies yep. than this. One of those projects would have been a, a movie or a series about Troy's company and what they actually do. Because oh, a, absolutely. you know, like yep. th- this actor, you know, I, I know him from a couple different Peter things. Stone. I always think of him as. The Russian scientist from Armageddon, you know, yeah. two American <laughs> Cowboys. He's um, a character. Oh, he was so awesome in for that role. And Minority you know Report. Watch, like, this is the world that I want to know about. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is literally fucking black market buying and selling vampire teeth. There's an entire world market on these fucking things. Him and the other weapons would be the... And weapons, you know, like the Union yeah. and him would be an interesting fucking story. Mm-hmm. You don't get that yeah. story. No, like I said, that, uh, that is Peter Stormare. He's a character actor. He was in Fargo, Minority Report, Armageddon. He played Satan and Constant, uh, Constantine. So, yeah, he's oh, that's right. everything. Like, he, <laughs> like Peter Stormare, when he shows up, like, yeah, there he is. He just knows his face. <laughs> because he has that familiar face. Um, so that night, Audrey is scolded for taking out Sasha, and she reassures the man scolding her on the phone that her product is choice, not Sasha's. Audrey enters the house from earlier that Bud killed the two vampires, and Audrey is devastated and angry at the sight of the bodies. She licks a piece of broken glass that Troy had been stuck with and instructs her guard, Klaus, to find him as she walks from the house, killing a row of roses in the process from out front. Yeah, so uh, yeah uh, like that's what that's one of the few references of vampirism over shit is her killing the yes, roses. The roses. It's like, okay, so yeah. we kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, we have something there. They remembered something from vampire mythology. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Did they so, though? Because vampires say, lived in the house. So how the how the roses live to begin with? Right, makes no sense. I, I'm just I'm just saying things. they remembered to include them. <laughs> So the next day, Bud meets with Big John, a friend and former soldier of uh, Bud. Big John is still in the Vampire Union and agrees to help Bud get back in. The duo will enter a laundromat, which doubles as a secret headquarters for the Union. And it's there that they meet Union boss Ralph Seeger, who isn't too interested in bringing Bud back into the Union doing his reckless hunting antics. Seeger is eventually convinced to let Bud back in and is given a one-day probationary period with a union rep. Once Bud fees are all taken away by his union rep, Seth, we find out that Ralph tells Seth to report back to him the first mistake that Bud makes so he can once be kicked out of the fucking union. And by the way, Big John is played by Snoop Dogg, who just fucking walks around with his fucking cowboy hat on going, yeah, man, what's going on? All right. Like, you know, I'm here. Dog, what's going on now? As soon as he fucking, as soon as he out of that fucking truck wearing that gear, I was fucking rolling, man. Just to see him. He's fucking cowboy hat, fucking cowboy boots and shit. I was like, oh, no, they must have paid him a lot of the money. Here's one of the projects that I would much rather watch. I would much rather watch whatever series of Snoop Dogg Yep. Fucking yep. hunting Absolutely. vampires. You know, getting high and fucking killing these fucking things, man. He's puffing on fucking joints totally and going, right. man. Oh, man. Uh, when we get to the ending of Big John's character, I got that fucking vibe. I'm like, I want to watch some fucking series about Big John. Just fucking killing vampires. He's got the fucking minigun. He's got the pickup truck. He's so fucking interesting as opposed to, you know, our main character. I was like, I would rather watch him, but we get a little bit more uh, of him towards the end. But anyway, the next day, Bud goes on a hunt with Seth in tow. They arrive at an animal shelter on the hunt for juvie vamps, which are formed when an already young vamp turns somebody else. That causes them to feed on animals since they can't feed on human blood. And there are also five different types of vampires, southern, eastern, spider, uber, and the already mentioned juvie. They track the Juvie's van familiar from the animal shelter where he's loaded up some crates of cats to the Canoga Bowling Alley, oh. which has been closed for months. Now, now, yeah, because here we're going to go cats. That way we don't have to actually show feeding on humans. You know, because, again, we don't want to actually scare anyone in this vampire movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Seth being like, oh, here's, but I have cats. <laughs> here's where, like, a stylistic director would have – made this whole entire thing of there being different variations of vampire, something announced in the beginning of the film, you know, like that should have been like what kicked this thing off. It's like almost like a, uh, the hell am I thinking of? Um, fucking the, the zombie movie, uh, zombie land. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, you have okay. that kind of style to it, you can still keep mm-hmm. like a comedic element to it, but like, Give us yeah. an introduction as to what the differences are between these vampires. Let us see it. Yeah. Not just tell us that there's five different types and that you're kind of left to your own fucking imagination as to, like, what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just kind of have to figure it out on your own. Like, what the fuck is Spider and Uber? Like, they never explain it. Like, that's, 
Oh, they're, no. they're the ones know. that creep well, around like spiders. I mean, that kind of seems like the obvious answer, but again, like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to look at it. It, it shouldn't be, like, spoon-fed to me in that regard, you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, what's an Uber? Which one's the Uber? Is it the red one that threw him up the stairs? That You never see it, it. No. You never see how that one gets eliminated. He just goes, oh, they drive they drive the, get a ride from, the, the, the Uber has to get a ride from another vampire. Oh, <laughs> Okay, I see. There's probably going to be a lift variation in yeah. the next one, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they shift to uh, DoorDash yeah. involved. Yeah, they didn't talk about the lift vampires. <laughs> Only the Uber ones, and not the DoorDash or Grubhub ones. Like, vampire Grubhub. Look, look at the blood to your door. Um, so, meanwhile, Audrey comes looking for Troy in his pawn shop and buries a knife into his hand. He can't understand how she's there since it's daytime. And that's when she reveals that people used to worship vampires as gods. Temples were built for them, but the humans turned on the vampires. She's going to take it all back where it belongs to them, one house at a time. She tells them that he can either join them or he'll live, or, you know, if you don't, you'll die. Troy refuses to give her the info on Bud, so she decides to torture the fuck out of him. And that's when we cut back to the bowling alley, where Bud gets into a but, fight with two juvenile while Seth went down the drop. Yeah. Yeah, but man, her her acting is so fucking bad, man. It's fucking bad. It's like it's, she, it's she, she, her acting is on par with Lacey Evans, you know, as far as delivering a fucking line. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's like true. seriously, yeah. it's like you take away her the fucking redneck accent from Lacey Evans. It's the exact same fucking style of acting. It's flat. It's horrible. You know, and it's no range of emotion, and not like. She's cold and cool and calculated, and therefore, you know, she's not showing emotion. It's just that the actress can't act. (laughs) Well, like, that's the thing, too. She's supposed to be coming off as as powerful and cold and calculating, right? Think Mm -hmm. more Frost from Deacon Frost from Blade. It's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like where she's supposed to kind of be like this upstart, like, I'm trying to do things differently and taking over the valley type of deal, you know? Obviously, she hasn't met Daniel LaRusso and Johnny yet, you know, because they're, they're, they're going to fucking stop that too. Because they want to be the only superpowers in the valley. Um, they're having like, a kiss fight. You know, like, uh, again, like, yeah, obviously, you, you're making references towards things like, I don't know, like better movies, like from Dusk Till Dawn, when you want to talk about how mm-hmm. humans used to worship us and shit like that, and you want to have these temples underground and everything. But, man, lady needs to be sexy then. You need to be Salma yeah. Hyatt. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you, it, it, Satanical if, pandemonium. If you're not pulling off the one, you you got to pull off the other. And, and she's not pulling yeah. off either. So, like, yeah, having a, a villain as lousy as this really hurts the movie. Yeah, she should have been like just cold-hearted, like CEO kind of bitch, you know, coming in. <laughs> yeah, and plus she does that whole thing where she has to like, woman. you know, <laughs> but she also does that thing where she has to include like little Spanish phrases at the end of every sentence. Like mm. she can't speak Spanish until the end, but she's like, oh, okay, muñeca, or you know, like every time, you know, she's like, okay, pendejo, like, okay, well, don't forget that I'm Latina. It's an ethnic cast. Don't you forget that. Mm-hmm. So Bud, in the, the bowling alley, manages to take out two juvie vampires. One of them is attacking him, so Seth decides, fuck it, I'm running in there. I've got to find out what's going on. And he helps Bud defeat the last one. Runs outside and fucking vomits all over the ground. Bud's like, are you all right? 
Like, you cool? And he's like, no, no, yeah, it's just like <laughs> fucking intense. <laughs> you know, it was a lot. And, and we then also he see that he gives them the, Yeah, he peed him. <laughs> no, that happens later. Um, that happens in, in Oh, I, that's later. That's yeah. my mistake. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's later. So he gives him a jar of yellow musk, and he tells him, listen, you know, the vampires are going to smell no, you from now on, so you have to put on yellow musk. He just in the bowling alley, too. Yeah. Oh, did he? That's why he think he did. Right yeah, he, that's his trademark. He pisses himself with every single one until <laughs> he turns into a vampire. Oh, for some reason I thought it was just the uh, the fight in the house where he pissed himself. Okay, so no, I no, that. no, no, he did it that's, that, because that, that's when we get the joke with yeah. the Nazarians about it. So, <laughs> but he, so Bud gives him a jar of yellow musk and he tells him to put it on himself. He's like, "Don't get it in your butthole. You get in your butthole." Nope. It's going to fucking be a fucking bad experience. Like, okay, I'll fucking take it. It's fine. And that night, like the cool thing earlier, Bud comes home to his apartment, and all of a sudden there's a new neighbor, Heather, and he's like, hey, let me help you move some stuff in the box uh, in the house. And she's never fucking seen what's again. It, what's the in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> but I'm like, okay, new character, goodbye, until we get to the fucking end of the movie, because she never fucking appears again. Uh, so the next day, Bud picks up Seth, who admits that he got some of the yellow musk in his butthole, and it was fucking terrible. And that's when Bud discovers the violations that Seth has been recording against Bud. He also Seth and tells him that he's followed the rules to a certain point. Yes, cool. If you want to make that comment, if you want Bud making the comment to not get it in your butthole, and you know damn well that this character is going to get it in his butthole, that scene needs to happen. Okay, we watched <laughs> Bud yeah. shower himself. <laughs> You know what I mean? In this shit, yeah. we saw him wince in pain as he put it in his cuts and shit. You know what I mean? We need to get the accidental Dave Franco fucking, you know, putting the stuff up <laughs> in his asshole. Probably because he yeah. did it trying to see why you're not supposed to put it in your ass. You know what I mean? You need to get that scene in which he puts a little bit on his hand and, like, thinks about it for a second and then does it. You know? And then you're like, wow, man, he hey. really is fucking green. Yeah. And, and you don't even need to actually show everything or anything like that. All you got to do is, like you, like you said, show that, and then you just show camera coming back away from the shower curtain, and then you hear a scream or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. girly bitch scream. Yeah. Cut to the next day. He's walking funny. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. And, you get a, and then you get a Jamie Foxx line of, oh, you got some in your butthole, didn't you? You don't need Franco yeah. to fucking tell you that. You need Jamie Foxx to identify it because Franco wants yep. to fucking hide it. You know, that's his character. Yeah. <laughs> you just get that one moment of him going, you got some in your butthole, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would have been so much funnier. Like, it would have been so much funnier with delivery. But, you know, we, we move on. Uh, after the violation discussion, Bud tosses Seth a gun, um, and they're going to the pawn shop where they discover that everybody's dead in the pawn shop, including Troy, and Troy's teeth have been pulled out, and it forms the word Bud. So he's like, oh, shit. So things are picking up. You know, we need to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, and, again, Seth's like, we have to fucking call the police. We have to call the union. We have to do all this shit. And he's like, fuck the protocol. Fuck the police. Like, we have something to fucking do. Like, we don't have time for this shit. And that's when he explains to Seth that he has to raise money to keep his ex-wife from going to Florida with his daughter. Then after hearing this, Seth decides, all right, fuck the protocols, fuck the violations. I'll help you from now on. So he's not going to be recording every fucking thing. Suddenly he's sold on him. Again, like a regular (laughs) show or a regular movie is going to show, 
like, you know, Seth is going to be a company man until the moment when Bud, like, saves, saves his ass. You know, there has to be that yeah. moment in which Seth realizes, holy fuck, you know what, I got to let this shit slip. This guy is right. He has to come to that as a realization. No, not in this movie. In this movie, he goes out with them on one day, and then he's like, yeah, you know what, fuck the rules. <laughs> yeah. You're my yeah. best friend, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. It's like he's gotta realize that, you know, hey, that's the way, but no you know, maybe following the rules isn't the way to go. He has to come to that on his own, like you said. But no, once again, just like behind the scenes probably is Jamie Fox going, Yeah, I I say that, so now you have to follow it. So why and everyone else is like, Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let's go with what you want to do, bud. Uh, so time passes, and Bud and Seth yes, arrive sir, at the real estate property. Yes, sir, you've got the Oscar, sir. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Django, uh, let's go. <laughs> so um, they arrive at the real estate property zone by Audrey, and they come across the Nazarian brothers. <laughs> yeah. The Nazarian <laughs> brothers are also fucking vampire hunters. Bud agrees to join them as they go through the real estate properties, and they'll split the fucking prizes. Everything that you find will split down the middle. At first, Bud's like, no, I need everything from me. Then he's like, you know what, it's fine. Like, we'll just go in there and split what we can find, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot to get. Um, so well, he also realizes once, that it's going to be a hive, and he knows that it's going to be a lot of fucking vampires, and he's going to need the help. He's not going to be able to do it with just yeah. Seth. Yes, because when they go in the house, everything, like, they, they kill a couple of vampires, and everything seems to be quiet and calm, and that's when, of course, Bud realizes the fucking hive, and now it's time for the fucking money shots where you have the Nazarian brothers yeah. with their fucking guns and their boots with knives, and they're fucking slaughtering vampires left and right. And, of course, you have Seth, who's wearing a neck brace, so he can't get bit. He's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, and I'm so scared. Like, you know, please don't kill me, you know, as Bud is fighting up all these vampires. Like you know, I said, yeah. Scott Atkins. Scott Atkins is a badass action dude out of England. You know, he's he's fun to watch. He's yes, fucking yep. highly kinetic. You know, he's part of that whole new newer wave that was coming of like these these high impact fucking actiony like I don't want to call I mean it is don't get me wrong, it is martial arts, but like it's kinda yeah. not martial arts. It's like they just fight these guys are just kicking people's fucking asses in. You know what I mean? Almost like Jason mm-hmm. Statham, but like Atkins actually has really good fight choreography. Yes, and yeah. he's got oh, size. Was, was amazing, yeah. You know what I mean? Where Statham looks like a little guy, so it's kind of like, yeah, you know, like I get that Statham can be a badass, but like he just looks like a tiny little yeah. man. Uh, like Atkins <laughs> actually has like physicality about him. And fucking Steve Howie is Kevin from fucking, you know, Shameless, man. And this dude is like That's this. That's where he's from. I knew it. Yeah. Gigantic. I was trying to play him. He's a big fucking yeah. guy. He's a big dude. Yep. And, you know, he's actually got yep. like good mass to him and good muscle tone. And I'm waiting for him to finally get like a, a role in like a Marvel film or something because it, it's he's got the size to play it. Like they just have not like, maybe his, his acting ability isn't all that great, but whatever. Just give him something comedic because he is fucking hysterical. Uh, like I said, these, these guys are the movie I want to see. This is, this is what I wanted to watch. I would love to see, yeah. Uh, I would love to see a spinoff movie. Of the Nazarian Brothers. Like, that would be great. Like, Netflix, like make a fucking ass, Nazarian Brothers. Names, like banging chicks. You know what I mean? Like, come <laughs> yeah. on. Like, let's make it fun. You know, of course, but yeah, yeah. 
the and this entire sequence, like you said, it's all the money shots. This entire sequence is fucking just badass from the moment it begins to the moment it ends. It, it really fucking is. And, you know, once it's over, and like we said, the Zarian brothers see that Seth fits his pants, and he's trying to give them fist bumps, and again, none of that, none of that. <laughs> you know, you know, you're just, you're, you're not who you need to be. You know, you're a little bitch. And he's like, okay, it's fine. You know? So they just depart, and Bud goes back home, and he discovers that Jocelyn has put the house in the market. Paige wants to go to a party, but Bud wants her to stay home. Oh, let's just have pizza and watch movies here. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Nobody asks me any questions. And, of course, Jocelyn's like, no, like, she wants to go to the party, go take her. So Bud takes Paige to the party, and while there, Audrey calls him and tells him that since he took something from her, she's going to take everything away from him. Bud runs back into the party and drives her home, and along the way, he's chased by vampires. So to protect Paige, he's like, hey, baby, hey, baby, put on these headphones and play this game, all right? It's going to get a little bumpy. Don't mind it. Just play the game, and we're going to be good. And then we get a chase sequence with fucking motorcycles, a pickup truck, and, of course, Paige playing a video game along the way, not noticing fucking anything. He's like, woo, yeah. <laughs> which which I, I will say I'm life. happy that they got to the point where they take the headphones off and she is paying yep. attention. And she's even, like, helping a, a little weird. <laughs> then, but, then, like, okay, you know what I mean? This is like a, a, a typical Hollywood car chase sequence. You know, and like you said, there's a fucking dune. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like a dune buggy ass vehicle. There's fucking dirt bikes, and motorcycles. <laughs> like, there's just shit coming out of the woodwork. That's just like, okay, hey, look, this is what we had on the lot. This is what we're gonna use. It looks cool. Uh, it's it's not a terrible. <laughs> just paint it all black. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no, no, because nothing out of color. Because the guys have to be black. <laughs> yeah. And I love the the motorcycle well, guy no, that drives through the fucking uh, uh, yoga place and he gets hit by the fucking truck. <laughs> I'm gonna go this way. Fucking get smashed by the fucking truck as the chase continues, and that's why. motorcycle. Like a, they, they, they did nothing for that. Like they didn't even earn that. You know what I mean? Like Jamie Foxx no. doesn't earn that kill. Like they just like drove nope. out of the fucking alley and got smashed by a car because they weren't paying attention. <laughs> um, like a fucking so, biker okay. scout against a tree on indoor. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, to get away, uh, Bud shoots at the tires of his truck to get underneath the tunnel. Uh, so he drives home on the fucking tires that are flattened. And then when he gets home, they're immediately ambushed by vampires. And Audrey's there with his daughter, with Jocelyn. And that's when he comes clean about being a vampire killer. He's like, eh, you know, pool cleaner was the front. I'm actually a vampire killer. And, of course, Jocelyn's like, what the f- It's stupid. Like, you're not. And then that's when Audrey shows her fangs, and Jocelyn's like, oh, shit. Okay, so they're vampires. Um, Audrey tells him that they're going to turn Paige, and then watches Paige drink Jocelyn's blood. Audrey also reveals that she turns Seth, and he's going to feast on Bud once they leave. And that's when Seth wakes up and attacks Bud, who gets his head cut off by Bud, but Seth doesn't die. He manages to reattach his head fucking idle hand style, and he's like, that's fine. Uh, It's it's good, (laughs) you know. I, I will figure out a way to make this happen. We have to rescue Paige and Jocelyn. And then along the way, Bud arrives back as a And it's funny because there is a drop Bud. line earlier in the movie that talks about mm-hmm. certain vampires that survive if their heads yes. are cut off. Mm-hmm. And that's how Seth is. Um, and then like the ghoul was saying, all of a sudden Heather shows back up at the apartment and Bud's like, you got to fucking tell me what you are. 
and she reveals that she's a person that gave away the info to Audrey. She felt like she had no other choice. She's a fucking abandoned vampire. Okay, oh, so yeah. we're here now. But, so now we know what Heather's and, point and, is. And, no, and I think Heather, she's a familiar. Well, yeah, he concludes this because she was, in one scene, he's walking by her window, and literally in hushed whispers you hear her talking about, well, he's going to figure it out, but she's talking to a <laughs> gentleman that is there at, during the car chase. And that's how Bud figures out that Heather is a part of the, the, the villain scheme. But again, like, so that's why the whole idea yeah. that that she's close to him, like there's any kind of like relationship here. Like, where is that? Like, I feel like that was something that well, must yeah. have been filmed for this movie and just never or, got used. Or maybe or at least it was in the script. Or, or maybe she was saying like physically close as in next door. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been, you know, we just really don't get that. So Bud, Seth, and Heather arm up, and they head to Audrey's hideout set to Ice-T's Body Count, which I fucking love. I love that fucking song. Yeah, the, the soundtrack oh, yeah. for this body count. The soundtrack for this movie is <laughs> yeah. That's probably it the, is. the best thing I can say for the film is, is the soundtrack. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it's got awesome and fucking Dr. Dre. Oh, it was great. California Love opening up the movie was great. Um so they eventually get to Audrey's hideout and face off against a large group of vampires and raise the body count fairly quickly. And that's when we see Big John arriving as they're feeling like, oh, shit, like this is it, like we're going to be killed. He arrives in his pickup truck and begins taking out the enemies with Big Bertha, his minigun. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it was like the cool shot in the movie, seeing him fucking with his minigun, just fucking taking out everybody. It's, it's still not hey, as like cool fucking Jesse Ventura. Still not as cool as playing yeah. fucking Gatlin gun, man. Yeah. <laughs> so Heather and Seth break away, and Bud goes to Big John, where they do away with a room full of vampires, and Big Bertha is out of bullets. And that's where, in this room, they find loads of wooden bullets with silver tips and bottles of sunscreen as they make their way down to where Paige and Jocelyn are being held. And during a big ambush fight in the sewers to get to where Audrey is, Big John's bitten by a vampire. Bud wants to help him, but Big John decides to close himself in with all the vampires so Bud can go and save his family. As the vampires close in on him, Big John reveals an explosive strapped to his chest. After shouting, what's side for life? He sets off the explosive as Bud gets caught by Klaus. Like, the most fucking badass thing. Like, that's, like I said earlier, like, I want a fucking Big John series because I fucking love that. He's like, what's side for life? Like, yep. That's fucking classic Snoop Dogg. Yeah. That's not fucking and, and, Snoop Dogg. And we, and we also got to <laughs> see, you know, stunts, you know, Snoop Dogg stunts provided by someone else. But Snoop Dogg actually, like, doing fucking, like we were saying, you know, fucking kung fu kicks and spank kicks and shit to fucking vampires <laughs> and shit. So, yeah. Well, dude, it reminded me of that, uh, yo, there was that video game, that Def Jam fighting game. Def Jam Vendetta. I think it was for, like, fucking yep. PlayStation 2. I owned it, yeah. But that's why Man, I said I like Snoop Dogg. Dude, it was fucking... Yeah, bro, you yep, fucking... Like, you, you played as, like, you know, fucking a whole bunch of different artists from Def Jam. Yep. I think Buster Rhymes was in there, and... Uh, Buster Rhymes was in there, Joe Budden. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. The Wu-Tang Clan, I think, was in there as a downloadable character, like, you know, where you could get a cheat code. Oh, yeah, no, I, I remember that game. Yeah, they had two of them, Def Jam Fighting and Def Jam uh, Vendetta. It was fucking so good. <laughs> they had a whole storyline. Yeah. 
But it's why, like I said, I like him in this movie because he's not Snoop Dogg, Martha Stewart, where he's like, I'm just selling Coronas on a beach with Angus Sandberg, and I'm making cookies. No, this is fucking Snoop Dogg. I'm going to shoot a bitch. <laughs> I, mean, I miss that Snoop Dogg. I miss that gin and juice murder was a rap that gave me fucking Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I was glad it was in this fucking movie. Because it's like, oh, man, like that was classic Snoop Dogg. <laughs> what did a dog Listen, have? He was, he was passable and serviceable because, you know what, you don't have much expectation. It's Snoop Dogg. He just needs to smoke fucking blunts and kill vampires, man. <laughs> so Klaus and his cowboy hat. Right hand, man. <laughs> just be but yeah, Klaus, like you said, you know, that's what you want. Yeah. You want him talking cool, yep. saying like cheesy one-liners, but doing it in that Snoop Dogg voice that just makes him fucking sound cool. Even though, even though the lines are terrible, it doesn't matter. It's not fucking bad. That's because Snoop said it. Like one, two, three into the cell. Yeah, that's him. That's the fucking thing. <laughs> uh, so Klaus gets into a fight uh, with Bud, but eventually Seth and Heather show up, and they're like, fuck it, we'll take care of him. You go find your wife and your daughter. And that's when Audrey eventually shows up in the fucking ritual room where Bud shows up, and she reveals herself to be this truly creature feature vampire as Heather and Seth continue to battle with Klaus. As Audrey is about to bite Bud, Jocelyn stakes Audrey, but it does nothing to her. Meanwhile, in the other room, Seth and Heather have pulled off Klaus's arms to take him out. It happens. Then they use their arms for a motherfucker to beat a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Bud uh, really They reminded me of the Freddy Krueger arms from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, this is God. Yeah. Great fucking scene. Um, but Bud realizes that she has a wood in the chest and he needs to shoot her with the silver tip bullet that he has, but it doesn't work. And that's when he thinks this could be the possible end. Audrey decides to run towards him. He closes his eyes at full force, only to run into a wire trap which cuts off her head. And that's when she fucking Works dies. Every time. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> exactly. Um, Bud and his family are safe. They reunite with Seth and Heather with Bud coming across Big John's cowboy hat, which he gives to Seth. And that's when, of course, we get, like, the cleanup scene, where it's like, all right, everything's done, everybody's dead, and we get Seeker showing up, and he tells Bud he's out of the union due to numerous violations, but Seth uses some fancy loopholes to override the reasons to kick Bud out. And that's when Seth decides to join up with Bud and become a vampire hunter himself. Fuck Carol, am I right? Probably high cholesterol. Probably shouldn't eat her. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Um, and, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you get the buddy cop connection with them now being vampire hunters. And, of course, now everybody being safe, Bud decides to take him and his family home after the fight into the night. And that's when all of a sudden we see a manhole cover being popped off and Big John shows up, lighting up a joint and walking out of the manhole saying, what do you love about L.A.? All the damn vampires. See, okay, Lost Boys reference, Nice. Most boys reference. Exactly. Yes, exactly. What I love about L.A. But again, what the fuck was that all about? I still can't figure that out. Because I looked up the Wikipedia after I watched the movie, and I'm like, okay, does he turn into, like, El Jefe? Like, is he a vampire the entire time? And all of a sudden, like, oh, shit. I think that's that's what we're supposed to take it as. Is I think the original setup 
is that, remember, we get a drop line where they say, do you think she's El Jefe? And somebody, it might even have been Snoop Dogg, says something along the lines of, nah, it's not his style. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know, we're supposed to, you know, for the sequel, Snoop Dogg is going to end up being, you know, I guess maybe not necessarily, he might not necessarily be a villain per se. You know, he might no. be like one yeah. of those gray areas. But again, this is where if the director had a style, like, okay, instead of Seth being just a nerdy human, you make this where the union works where you pair together a vampire and a human being. Let Seth be an early, like, recently made vampire who's coming into, like, you know, into the idea of what his powers are. And let fucking, you know, and you have Jamie Foxx have a hard-on for vampires. You make them hate them so bad so that the land, the reason why he left the union is because he doesn't want to work with them. He doesn't like the rules. You know, he doesn't want to have to do that shit. He wants to kill vampires, not help them. This way, when you get a line later in the movie where he's like, oh, th- these aren't the bad vampires. It's like, oh, okay, we do exist in a world where there are good ones and bad ones. Because everything up into that line, all the vampires are bad. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, Gould, you make the greatest fucking point about this fucking movie. It should have been a series. Like, I, I remember watching it thinking this could be a series. Like, a couple episodes, like 10 episodes, and then you just break everything down. But in a movie that's fucking way too fucking long, by the way, 117 Almost minutes. two hours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? what the fuck are you doing? This movie's like an hour and a half. Like, this is an hour and a half movie but they stretch it out to almost two hours uh, would have been a lot better as a series because I like the idea of the union. I wanted more of it. Like I wanted to find out what the union does, like kind of like the monkey had said, but MIB, you know, men in black, like, all right, well, let's go into the union. What do they do? Like, what are all these fucking violations? But they're like, nah, no, we got to fast track it. So we have a two hour movie where we have to just fucking break everything down real quick. Like why the fuck did everybody love big John? Like, there needed to be a whole thing about why they fucking were like, oh, Big John's here. He's a big But even like Ralph was like afraid of him. Like Ralph Seeger was like, oh, okay, Big John. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I, I, mean, you need to give I him took it day. as he's probably like, you know, the most prolific vampire hunter. That, you know, obviously we, we know him and Jamie Foxx have a history. He saved his ass a bunch of times. But, you know, maybe, just maybe, Jamie Foxx would be on the same level as Big John if Jamie Foxx would learn to, to work within the, the rules. Right, but he, he's yeah, too exactly. reckless and, you know, yeah, he's he just too reckless and does all that. And, and, again, like, there's no holy water. There's, like, really nothing about crucifixes. Like, they just no. all the religious stuff a lot is taken out. All gone. Yeah, all of it. we don't and want then, to offend anyone. Like a lot of the, and a lot of the vampires are killed by like just shooting them in the leg. Like if you shoot your leg off, they're dead. Like I didn't understand that either. I'm like, well, well, no, I think that a lot of people, a lot of things we see get killed in this movie are actually not vampires. The whole mall sequence they're are all familiars. Are familiars. Uh, you know what? So that, just, again, that's what yep. I thought the whole thing at, at the beginning when, when uh, Seth and Heather and, uh, you know, they get to that fucking location. I was like, they're all humans, right? Like, they got to be familiars. But then again, Heather's like, oh, no, they think you're human, so they're going to shoot you. Like, <laughs> I was like, well. Yeah, because, uh, right, well, because they, they're not expecting a vampire. That's why they had regular guns. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they're not vampires. They just had regular guns because they were figuring that the only people assaulting them would be like these union hunters that are not vampires. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a good like point. Union, you know, again, the union hunters yeah. have like mm-hmm. wooden bullets and shit like that. You know. It could have been explained a lot better in a series. That's what. <laughs> of course. That's what I keep coming back to. You know, I mean, they spent a hundred million dollars on this movie, and it didn't feel like that at all. Like, you know, like a hundred fucking. Where did it go? Obviously, Snoop Dogg is Jamie Fox. <laughs> where and then, Jamie Fox, and then the, the and then the car chase. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely the car chase because they had a lot of accidents in that. Um, all right. So that was Day Shift. That was the Demonic Dean film pick of the week. Even though he wasn't here, it's fine. Uh, but next week, it turns to me for my film pick of the week. I want to do a movie where it's intentionally fucking we know we're doing this for fun. Like, we, we know where we're at, and we're going to have fun. So let's talk about Studio 666, directed by B.J. Oh. McDonough. Yeah, the Foo Fighters movie. Where what they're the hell in the house and this is one of those movies I had on my slate for this year. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just want to talk about a movie where they know exactly what they're fucking doing. They know they're fucking making a movie where they make fun of themselves and they're having fun and there's a lot of blood. So, yeah, next week for my pick, we'll be talking about Studio 666. So with that being said, thank you so much, Monkey, for joining us for this episode of Day Shift. And we'll see you back here in the studio for... Studio 666. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, Fright fans. And watch out for those family-friendly vampires. Good night, everybody. All right. And as always, Ghoul, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you back here next week for the Foo Fighters, Studio 666. Absolutely, man. Everybody stay salty and stay scared. It's always, I don't know why I like that line so much. Stay salty. <laughs> just stay an asshole. <laughs> just be your best asshole self. I love it. <laughs> what other way is there to live? You know, come on. We kicked off the episode with terrible Japanese impressions from the fucking Karate Kid. So, you know what? I'm in, I'm in all, I'm fucking balls deep in. You know what I mean? Like, come on. If we're going to do it, do it right. Own it. Stay salty. I love it. <laughs> Aside from stay scared, stay salty. And as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Heart, NGG. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. We'll see you back here next week in the studio for Studio 666. The Dark One Comes. Watch.